Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey everyone, I'm Sam Fry and this is a brand new episode of Technique, where today I'm talking to an artist based in Brooklyn in New York. But before we start, let's hear that theme tune. So, who is this artist we're speaking to today? I'll let her introduce herself. Hi, I'm Sonia Lee. I'm an artist. I work at the intersection between creative technology and fine art. I'm working on a project right now called Movement, and it is a multi-sensory environment designed for dementia patients. So, as Sonia says, she creates interactive installations. Now, we first met a couple of years ago when she was working on a project called Whale. Now, we talk a little bit about that project within this episode and then go on to focus on her current project, which is called Movement, where she deals with the topic of dementia. I should say, though, we don't spend a lot of time talking in detail about dementia. We go over the subject broadly and what it's like to work with and create art for people who are experiencing dementia However, it's not a topic that I've had too much experience with or have a huge amount of knowledge about, so we didn't really go into any huge amount of detail in the episode. Instead, what I wanted to find out more about with Sonia is what her process looks like and how she creates immersive, interactive exhibitions where people and their interactions with her work are at the centre. Our interview was conducted over Skype, and my first question was how did she get started in the creative industries? So I did uh, painting, sculpture, printmaking, papermaking, like very traditional, like non-technology related at all. Actually, I didn't really know how to use the computer when I was trained in the visual arts. Um, So, but as a part of the traditional uh, visual arts training, we talked a lot about uh, this this idea of personal expression. Um, So my work has always dealt with um, the expression of humanity and also my own personal growth as well. Actually, that's that's really like how I started designing or, or like developing my own language as an artist is really like expressing my own personal growth and the stage that I was in. So I think that um, when I got into technology, everything made a lot of sense for me because it's a very efficient and malleable tool to bring the expression of humanity alive. So my work is really about um, it's really about the visceral, the like, you know, the the visceral aspect of humanity. Um, So the technology is really just a tool. I made this this installation called Whale, and it, it's an interactive multi-channel sound installation. It has to do with an experience that reflected my inner being at that stage in my life. Um, it's uh, very much about the psychological, uh, everything that piece was a metaphor for something else. So, you know, the users lay on the subsonic vibrating bed, experiencing waves of vibration through the body, 
And when they speak into the microphone, their user's voice triggers whale sounds. And, and you know, I use sound in a very um, sculptural way. So you push sound through the speakers and it makes like a sound spatialization. And when you experience something like as foreign as whale sounds with the body, with the whale sounds vibrate through you and moving around you and ocean sounds as well in complete darkness, you don't see anything. So like the only thing you do is you go within yourself and the first thing that you think of is usually who you are as a person. So I wanted to make a piece that expressed who I was at that time. Um, but also I realized through that piece that I was actually, I very much make work for other people. And I guess it's a, it's a way for me to connect with other people as well. Um, this idea that I am, exp I am presenting myself in a very vulnerable way in this format for you to come and lay on this bed and enjoy it. So, you know, people have asked me like, when, uh, how do I experience whales? So I always say, you know, when the whale sounds shake through my body, um, I'm always reminded of the strength within myself and the work that I've done to become the person that I am today. So, um, so it's very much about, about me, but um, that experience, like the, ex the experience of whale itself, I, I, when, it, when people come to, to, to use it, I would never tell them what it's about. I would just say, go in there, you know, like figure it out. <laughs> um, and it's, it's interesting because people say very different things. So like some people say that it's like very warm and comforting and very peaceful and happy. And other people say it's very intimidating and powerful and otherworldly. And it has a lot to do with who they are as individuals. So, so then that's when I realized, oh, you know what? I really make work for other people to understand themselves better. So with uh, design, Designing for Dementia, actually, this project is an extension of Whale um, that I'm currently working on. It made a lot of sense for me to conscientiously start designing for people that are in need um, and really like using my artistic sensibilities to empower people in a more direct way because I mean, I love going to galleries. I love going to museums. You know, I think they're a very valid existence. However, people who have disabilities don't necessarily have the resources or understand, like, you know, why or, or understand, like, why they should be going to museums, you know, why they should be um, interacting with art. Um, so... So I guess I guess this this huge speech, this roundabout way of answering your question is that is this idea that that I'm currently working with along with my research that um, my work channels the science of neurology through artistic sensibilities, basically. And <laughs> actually really interested you in the whale and actually made you think this could be a really interesting 
creature to explore in an in a piece of art yeah so it was really coincidental i mean i was working at the museum of natural history and um as a staff member you're able to walk around the museum after hours like at all times so it was very interesting for me to be running around the museum by myself after hours and being in the whale room um and just laying under the big whale and you know having come also come coming across like different kinds of whale sounds uh just on the internet also like um different people that I've spoken to and my own research uh the Museum of Natural History has a really amazing library actually so like I did a lot of research while I was there and it's everything I do is a metaphor so like the whale I basically I was channeling myself through whale um based on my research of making a direct correlation to the physical mass and strength longevity complexity of their songs and their natural habitat to my deeper self and inner strength so that's really why I chose whale and they're so foreign you know i mean these animals they're huge creatures they're just they exist in this vast world i was thinking about how i would be able to relate to these animals in this foreign environment and then i think i realized that like i feel like i am like a whale <laughs> <laughs> as strange as it sounds you know um so yeah that's how i and also their sounds are just so beautiful you know so mysterious and so beautiful you don't know what they're saying and they go for so long and they travels they travel across the ocean for so long and they remember their songs but they also um change their songs and they sing it for a while until they change it again and it's not just one whale it's like they all affect each other so they all sing the same song and then what maybe one or two whale cha- change a few uh intonation and then they all of a sudden they all change so it's 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 just very fascinating so you create a piece of um of physical arts that that you were saying before that actually is that interaction between people and the artwork that's really interesting to you um uh, what's it mm-hmm. what's it like to then to put that out there and then just observe and see and and listen to people to hear what they're commenting on it and they're probably bringing out quite different things to what you would have originally imagined them thinking about when when they actually go into whale Yeah actually you know what I think that's my favorite part is listening to what other people say because it surprises me so much of what other people think about when they experience my work it's actually completely different than what I intend for it to be um what would they say what what kind of things would people give as an example Well yeah like things like um when they say it feels very peaceful and warm <laughs> i find, i find it to be really strange also i had oh yeah um i had i had some people comment that it felt like a mother's womb and i was just like really like that's very interesting like yeah. i never i would never think that you know <laughs> it's funny um, to go from your your vision of it almost you're like a whale in this endless space and they go oh it's really warm and comforting and it's it is yeah. like an opposite metaphor if en- if anything yeah yeah i get it. 
So you were using you were using sound and you were getting people to interact with sounds quite predominantly. How did you kind of connect the sound and the the lighting and the kind of the physical space? What was the process of actually setting that up in a way that actually felt like it was representative or gave an experience like the experience you were trying to create? Well, the design went through a lot of iterations. Um, I think that at that stage of my art making journey, I was very focused on getting like one design correct. So I went through a lot of iterations and it really wasn't until I started uh, just tinkering around with the sounds um, without any sort of like interactivity involved, like tinkering with the sounds, just like, you know, uh, blacking out a room, um, that I realized that actually initially I wanted people to be standing and have vibration under the feet. Then I realized I was like, you know, it, this this is this is in this complete darkness. I feel like I just want to sit or something, you know, like I want to be like still somehow. So so then that's that's how I came up with the concept of, of laying down. I mean, actually, the design is quite simple, but the experience is very powerful because the content is very powerful. Do you think um, yeah. a lot of that? I know you're a, a dancer. And when we spoke last time, you were actually sat in a, a dance studio and that that's what you spend a lot of your time doing. Do you think actually that's brought out an awareness of your space, your own personal space um, and how you interact with the world? Um, so does that, does actually dance make you much more aware of the world and therefore when you're creating a kind of physical space for other people to come into um, do you think that's helped you in some way? Yeah, I, I think I think it's so dance is so important to me. And also, I think like being aware of your own physicality is extremely important because we live in our bodies. You know, I think a lot of people can argue that like, yeah, you can live in your brain, your your mind, you know, but you can't really deny that your brain still lives in this this body. So for me, dance is really a way to understand like how your body relates to uh to to the environment even like in your in your own body in relation to like everything that exists in your own body like making room for your body understanding like how you can maneuver your own body actually it's taught me quite a lot about um about everything really about art making about like ways to explore things and tinker with things that I probably wouldn't have when you know before before I started dancing um so I mean I'm still I'm still very much like learning a lot about about dance yeah it's 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 really incredible I had I actually had a really great dance class yesterday where I realized I was like oh if I just shift to the left I can actually make more room in my the right side of my rib you know it's like and and that and that 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 pertains to dance obviously but like it actually also pertains to life you know it's like it's like when you're confronted with something that you want to do you're like oh well this way is not going to work but if I shift over here then there's more space over here you know it's like a lot of these things apply I think I always say that 
I'm an artist by profession and I'm a dancer by identity. So it definitely affects, affects my work in a very direct way because even, even though I design for other people, there's still so much of me in the work that I do. From the garden Hear the clinging of the chimes The last tomatoes Hanging shriveled on the vines The autumn breeze is just A promise of the freeze That's coming soon So now you're working on a piece called Movement So very much associated with, with dance I guess um, but specifically dealing with dementia. So what kind of drew you to the the concept of dementia as something that you might want to explore artistically? Yeah, so I stumbled upon this type of therapeutic environment. They're called uh, multisensory environments, and it's a valid form of therapeutic space. It, exists, uh, it came from the 70s. Um, it was developed by a uh, psychologist and a music therapist in the Netherlands. And it's very popular in Europe and also in Israel. You know, I, wa- I wanted my work to go to a place that would directly empower people somehow. And I thought about art in hospitals. And then I, in my research, I found this this type of therapy. So when I was looking at a lot of the existing companies that make equipments for this type of therapy, they were really only meant for children. The imagery is meant for children. Um, The interactivity of the furniture that they make are really meant for, for children, not really for the elderly. So I thought, okay, there's definitely a need, you know, for, for the elderly to receive like an appropriate kind of uh, a treatment. So that's how I started de- de- designing for dementia. And also like personally, um, I- I've always liked older people. Like growing up, I've always gotten along much better with older people. Um, I think you learn a lot from older people. What are the particular aspects of dementia that you're you're trying to, to pull out? I know, I know for instance, that you're doing doing work around optical illusions what part of dementia do you feel that's kind of representing and and actually what's the experience like to create an optical illusion yeah so so i'm developing a series of interactive optical illusions to project in the environment that i'm designing um the thing with optical illusion is that they're for me it's they're they're very much about the formalities of image making. So like maintaining visual tension and interest and difference while avoiding things that might be psychologically conflicting. It has to a lot, it actually, it's very interesting. It's really not so far off from like making paintings in the sense that the brain is is drawn to, usually drawn to difference and also uh, beauty. So, I have an advisory board um, and of experts who have been working this field, um, designing this kind of environment for 30 years. Uh, so in my research and working with these people, I realized that this kind of work is very, it's, it's actually designing optical illusion. It really has to do with movement, actually. It's like 
visual movement, the tension of movement, you know, co the color movement, everything, like all the formalities of image making come together to create these optical illusions so that it triggers or it affects neuro neurogenesis, which is like the uh, development of, uh, of neurons. Um, it also has to do with create, uh, um, activating more dopamine in the brain because when, when you view art, your brain releases dopamine, which in turn affects neurogenesis, um, activating the pathways for more neurons to be generated. So in terms of dementia, it's pretty important um, because dopamine has to do with, uh, you know, feeling feelings of intense pleasure. Um, it's like it has to do with love, uh, memory, cognition, all the important elements that start to deteriorate when uh, you're diagnosed with dementia. And you feel so. You feel that actually by stimulating the same senses. That actually you're you're drawing on on some of the experience of actually dementia being triggered in itself. Is is that fair? Well, I wouldn't say being dementia treated by itself, but I would say that it allows for people with dementia to have the opportunity to be able to enjoy these visuals and somehow be stimulated by them in some way. Um, I mean, I don't think that these optical illusions will be reversing the order of dementia, but I think that it will definitely, I think this type of work contributes to to some of the things that, that dementia may be impacting. Like, for example, like, like what I was saying, memory and, and cognitive abilities. They're, they're really meant for people who, who are in nursing homes already, you know, they're usually sitting in wheelchairs or very static. I mean, in my own research of going to nursing homes, I just, I found, it was very sad because I found, I found most of these patients were just in wheelchairs. They're either uh, sleeping or they're just sitting there um, not talking, you know, there's no interaction. So this is my way of reflecting upon what I saw and doing something about it. One of the things that's really interesting when speaking to Sonia is not just the process of creating a piece of art and working with others to create that, but actually because she's creating installation pieces, the engagement with users and their responses to their, that piece of art is what it's all about in reality. As much as Sonia might have one view on what she wants to create and why she's creating it, the audiences might have a very different perspective on what it was that they just experienced. And now when it comes to dementia, we've got a really specific audience here. And so I wanted to find out a little bit more about what it's like to work with that specific audience. And does that differ from other audiences? Yeah, I think so. So with different disabilities, they actually, the requirements are really different. So like if I were to develop uh, optical illusions for a for autism, I would have a very, very different set of visuals. For what I'm doing right now, um, it's actually more about stimulation. So, you know, I think that my work also, I, I chose I chose to use uh, the orchid imagery 
Um, for a few reasons. So, like, conceptually, uh, orchids are um, symbolic of love and peace and beauty and compassion, which is really what the underlying concept of this this project of movement is about. Is there any kind of ideas about actually what you do to kind of complement or to do nothing around the those optical illusions themselves? Well, yeah, so there's going to be sound with it. Um, so when I made these optical illusions, or I'm still making them, actually, I have like a huge rage of them. Um, uh, I was listening to a lot of uh, Baroque era music. Um, so I think it, would be, it could be pretty interesting in, a, uh, in an environment to use Baroque type music with it, um, sound is definitely a huge factor. So, so the multi-sensory environment, it engages the five senses. So like, it, there's definitely sound, there's, um, you know, visual, there's scent, there's touch, um, uh, there's, wait, so there's, oh, and there's smell too. So all of these things um, are, they, they all like work together. So right now, like I was I just mentioned, I'm really only working one part of it. Um, the sound I think is gonna come um, after I'm finished designing this whole array of, of just the visuals. So in this environment, um, I'm also designing um, certain types of furniture that are appropriate for the elderly's um, physicality, um, there's a lot of disability I have to be aware of, um, you know, and also like having na having nature elements like plants, um, there's interactivity. So we're developing like a, a interactive wand where, um, the optical illusions, speed changes, the sound, um, sound, you know, pushes through the speakers. Um, there'll be some other type of interactivity as well. So that's something that my team and I are currently working on. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. It makes sense. And I guess. It's like, uh, it's like think of it as like a interactive installation for dimension. <laughs> <laughs> but also, but more than that, it's that multi-sensory piece as well. And I guess you, you have to build up each of those senses as one by one. Um, and I, there must be a lot of of um, kind of research and uh, testing of each of those. So even with the illusions, kind of trying to play those to different types of people um, to to see what how they respond. Um, same with with the seating. Actually, if you're going to um, either purchase or or build something um, bespoke for this piece, actually, there's probably going to be quite a lot of seeing how different people sit on it or or whether they sit on it, maybe they kneel on it or lie on it. I don't know. Um, how have you found that process so far? Have you done much of the testing yet? I, I'm aware that you're you're saying that you're you're essentially on the first um, the first uh, sense in, in some ways. Yeah, so I'm still in the midst of developing. I have some elderly centers that I'm talking to in New York City that uh, we're gonna we're gonna make um, we're gonna we're gonna make a schedule like a program at these elderly center um, to showcase to showcase these optical illusions. Some of these centers actually have uh, people that have have 
some type of dementia, like like an earlier stage. Um, so it could be interesting for them, you know, just to see their feedback. Uh, I definitely need to use it. There's definitely user testing involved. Um, and that's I, I think that's like in the next few months we're going to we're going to start doing this whole thing um, in terms of designing the furniture, the assistive technology. Um, it's it's quite challenging, actually, like I've been doing a lot of research on um, different kinds of disabilities, like people in wheelchairs, you know, like it's it's not it's very limiting um, what we can do, especially for the elderly. Like this is another example where existing uh, companies that are making this type of equipment for this type of therapy doesn't really work so well. So, like, for example, it works really great when you have kids on um, on waterbeds, um, you know, or in hammocks or like they're laying on the floor, you know, but with elderly people, they can hardly get up. So <laughs> for them to be laying in a waterbed, I mean, it really requires like four people to carry the body. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> doesn't really work that well. So, um, so that's something that we also have to develop um, or like find uh, other people to work with. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and what's your, what would you say if, um, if you had one, what's, what could be like, the best thing that could happen from this, this piece? What, what would, what would really, what would your dream be as an outcome from, from movement? Uh, um, well, movement, you know, moving forward, um, for myself and also for, you know, the treatment of dementia, um, also for my, my team, you know, I mean, uh, I think of this, I think of this work as a starting point, um, for developing every, everybody's sensibilities. So like all of my team, everyone on my team, they all do something different and they're all doing something that they would like to be doing, um, you know, down the line in their lives. So whether that's like uh, interactive software programming, designing, or, you know, researching or like animation or whatever. So for, for me, it's important for the work to go somewhere and to actually benefit people in some way. Personally, I'm hoping for movement to um, give everybody's career a boost. You know, I come from the art world. I think that this work is venturing, it's interdisciplinary. So it's traveling from the art world into another world or like, you know, worlds that uh, we have yet to discover. So for me, I'm an artist and I will always be an artist um, as a profession. But it's actually not very important. Like, I don't care so much about showing in museums and galleries because that's, for me, that's really just more, like, vanity, you know? Like, I I would prefer for my work to go to a place where it can be empowering to other people. It can be um, effective. And it's, um, it's, it's not so important that I am, I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like, I don't necessarily think that 
establishing myself as an artist in the art world is the only way for artists to survive. I think what art ultimately is, is something that you're really good at, that you know how to manipulate. So for me, I have so I have such a solid training in the traditional arts. I know a lot about the formalities of art making. And now I can take those concepts and apply it to other fields. But it's still my art. And in a thousand years, when all our bones have disappeared, and every word has been erased, still the rivers flow, the sun will glow, the seeds will grow, the wind will come and blow it all away. Cause we are just a memory replaced. So that was Sonia Lee and the subject of dementia. And as a reminder, the two artworks that we talked about in this episode were Whale and Movement. You can find more about both of those on her website, which is sonialeedesigns.com. In particular, I'd point you towards some of the optical illusions that she talked about in this episode. They can be found on the homepage or otherwise if you go and look at more detail about movement in particular. And there are videos of both pieces of work, so you can really picture what what she's talking about in this episode. So thank you very much to Sonia for being part of this episode, which was a little bit longer this week. And it's also the first time that I've recorded one of these over Skype, so that was a bit of an experiment there as well. But hopefully it turned out okay. Otherwise, we'll be back again in about a month's time. And next time, there's going to be Richard presenting. So you can look forward to that. The music for today's episode came from Kamuku, Josh Woodford and Andy G. Cohen. Otherwise, that's all from us for this month. So we'll speak to you in a few weeks' time. See you then. Design thinking has exploded into the workplace of the 21st century, putting humans at the heart of design. Or does it? Isn't it just the post-it note workshops? More importantly though, where did it come from? How did it become such a massive industry? And where on earth is it going? Is design thinking what is taught in design schools? And can it be used as a philosophy for the future? Find out more as we, Richard Adams and Sam Fry, explore these ideas with experts in the field on our first technique mini-series about design thinking. Subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss an episode.